Welcome to Lions on Lockdown, a podcast about the coronavirus outbreak and its effects on the Penn State community. This is episode two, Game Over. There may not have been a single moment where everything went wrong during the pandemic, but there are moments when people snap. It could have been a scary headline, a diagnosis of a friend or family member a school or business closure, or the cumulative impact of the events that make them realize the gravity of the coronavirus outbreak. For a lot of the people I've talked to, they can trace the moment that they knew life was going to be unfathomably different to a single piece of news. Developing overnight, what a scene in Oklahoma City. The NBA suspended its season after a player on the Utah Jazz tested positive for coronavirus. Sports are such an important part of our culture, and when the NBA suspended play indefinitely and then the rest of the major sports leagues followed, the coronavirus became real for many Americans. One of those is John Affleck, a Penn State professor who worked for over two decades in the Associated Press, mostly as a sports reporter and editor. And then, of course, when the NBA stuff started to happen uh, and they shut down for three weeks, then I knew it was just going to be full on and everything, absolutely everything, was going to get canceled. It makes sense. In America, sports are a constant. There aren't many Americans alive today who can remember the last time our sports leagues shut down the way they have during the coronavirus pandemic. I think World War II is, is, is probably pretty, pretty much it. World War II canceled multiple massive sporting events such as the Olympics and the FIFA World Cup, but major sports leagues in America as well as college sports played on, albeit with depleted squads due to athletes joining the military. Since then, the most dramatic of times have only brought sports to a momentary halt. You had a little bit of disruption after 9-11, but um, that was just a week. The coronavirus outbreak has brought all sports, from Major League Baseball to youth soccer, to an unprecedented and indefinite end. And it's come at a rather unfortunate time for Penn State. The NCAA basketball tournament better known as March Madness, has never been canceled since it began in 1939. For Penn Staters, this year's cancellation was particularly unfortunate because one of the most promising teams to enter the tournament this year, for the first time in decades, was going to be our team. Far sideline Wheeler, cross court to Lundy, near wing three, Lamar Stevens, scores! In rhythm. Trainer knocked away by Lundy, picked up by Brockington. Brockington to the bucket, window, good, what a play by Brockington. Open floor, far side, Myra Jones between the circles, near wing dread. Into walk-in, slam, block on the alley, pitch down to the next moment. Stevens goes to the bucket, stumbles, lays it up and in, and Lamar Stevens becomes the third player in the history of Nittany Lion basketball with 2,000 points, joining Taylor Battle and Jesse Arnell. The Penn State Nittany Lions basketball team essentially had its ticket punched for the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2011. The team, led by senior Lamar Stevens, at one point reached as high as number nine in the nation, its highest AP poll ranking since 1996. Steve Jones is the voice of Penn State football and basketball and has been for almost four decades now. There are few people who know the Nittany Lions better than he does. He's seen a lot of losing seasons of Penn State basketball. He's also called a lot of games in a nearly empty Bryce Jordan Center. But this year was different. They put together a chemistry 
on the team that was really special. It's the deepest Penn State basketball team that I have covered in 38 seasons. While Penn State's 2019-2020 season was historic for the program, there was little to show for it because in college basketball, success is measured by your performance in the tournaments. And the Nittany Lions were preparing to prove themselves on the biggest stage. In early March, Jones was in Indianapolis with the team as they're preparing for the Big Ten tournament. We flew in Wednesday around noon. By this time, sporting events around the world were starting to be played behind closed doors, but this was mostly in Europe, and Indiana seemed far away from the virus. Things are a little dicey, but the Big Ten says, hey, look, we're going to continue on with crowds and so forth. The tournament started that night, and right away, things started to devolve. Indiana beat Nebraska. Fred Hoiberg got sick on the bench. And when he got sick on the bench, I was like, oh God, really? It was doomed from the start. There was Fred Hoiberg, Nebraska head coach, slouched over, hands on his face, not even concentrating on the do or die tournament game he was coaching. It looked like Hoiberg was suffering from the symptoms of coronavirus in the middle of a packed arena on live TV in front of a national audience. I went back to my room and I normally update the team that won. I went back to my room, I didn't do anything. The first time in my career, because I knew I would be wasting my time. The next day after the Hoiberg debacle, the Big Ten decided to play on, but without fans in the arena. Regardless, the fear around the virus was still growing. And there was one player that had a concern. And the player came up to me, not Pat, came up to me and said he was concerned about Fred Hoiberg. And I told him that Hoiberg was released from the hospital and had influenza A, I said, which is just the flu. He did not have, he says, oh, and that player like suddenly was relieved. The Nittany Lions moved ahead as planned. They had even gone on the court to practice just hours before their scheduled tip off against Indiana. We have a great shoot around. Not good, but great. The rest of the Big Ten followed suit and prepared for a full day of action. The Michigan radio network was set up, ready to go. I talked to those guys. The Rutgers guys were set up, and the Iowa guys were coming in to set up because they had the second game at 2.30. But it wasn't meant to be. Then all of a sudden, I got a text from the Big Ten. Tournament's canceled. The Nittany Lions would lose their opportunity to play for the Big Ten title. But for the time being, March Madness was still on. That afternoon, the team quickly found a flight and made their way back to State College. We left at 3.30, we got back, and when the plane was coming into land, that's when obviously your phones start to activate again. And that's when the coaches found out the NCAA tournament was canceled. And to say, Jim, that they were crushed would be an understatement. Crushed. It seems completely unfair, albeit fitting for Penn State basketball. A team much maligned and ignored by the Penn State community could finally match the prowess of the football team, only to have it taken away due to a global pandemic. It wasn't meant to end like this, but it did. You put in all, I mean, Lamar committed back in May, for God's sakes, to do this. And they got nothing. It seems unusually sad. But it's also the story we all know. We saw the commitment that Lamar Stevens, Mike Watkins, and the rest of the Penn State basketball team gave. We celebrated their growth, reveled in their triumph, and supported them through their public struggles. 
Beyond that though, there are plenty of other teams who lost just as much. One of them plays just across the street from the Bryce Jordan Center at Medler Field. The Penn State baseball team does not have the admiration of the Penn State community like football or even basketball and hockey. Part of this is because college baseball isn't that big in this region. Additionally, the Penn State baseball team has never been that great historically. The Northeast has never really been known as a hotbed for baseball talent and because of that most top prospects who live far away choose to go elsewhere, closer to home. While Penn State baseball might not be a historical powerhouse, the team does have a head coach with an unmistakable reputation. Rob Cooper is just a really special guy. I mean, you know, there's certain people that are special because of what they've proven as a coach, and Coop is somebody who has already proven himself, especially on the uh, Team USA baseball level, as an outstanding coach. But the depth of caring that he has for his players, and you have to have that on the college level. You have to be a really good coach, but you have to have a depth of caring for each player on your team. And to Coop, when he recruits you, you're now a part of the Rob Cooper family. Mason Nato is a senior on the baseball team. He still remembers what it was like to be recruited by Cooper out of high school. He really just took me in his family and made me feel part of the program from day one. And then when he joined the team in his freshman year in 2016, he immediately noticed what sets Cooper apart as a coach. Uh, we've had the culture meetings from my freshman year and that's something that was completely new to me. Like you go to a new team, you practice, you have the weightlifting but having this mental game component was something completely new to me. And I really think that's been a separator from our program to different programs. At the start of the season, Cooper's mental game coaching started to show its worth. By March 1st, the Nittany Lions were 9-2. They had just completed a four-game sweep against Princeton, a sweep which included 18-1 and 13-1 wins against the Tigers. Coach Cooper also felt that this could be a special season. I just felt like this team could do some really good things, um, and I felt... And, and I really felt like that last the last week we played, we were starting to kind of take another step, and, and I was really excited about getting into Big Ten play. The team was playing very well, and they also had something to rally around. They were a very special group because, you know, my, uh, my wife was diagnosed with cancer. On September 11th, 2019, Coach Cooper announced his wife, Maureen, had been diagnosed with breast cancer. And with that... A group of teammates who were already close became even closer. I still remember the day he told us the news. And from that point on, we, we were just even more of a family. We knew that we needed to be there for him. That meant this was going to be more than just another season for the Cooper family and the rest of the team. Just being at the baseball field when he was there, was able to take his mind off it just a little bit and kind of take him away from some of the grim, grim realities. And for, I can't say it enough. We were really just a family from day one. Like this team more than ever was truly a family. Despite the fact that there was news of the coronavirus inching closer and closer to our shores, the team, like most people, did not think it would become our problem anytime soon. We were still focused on playing like we were talking about it because we saw all the different things happening on social media, like different things getting canceled. And it, it was, just, 
this unprecedented time, so we really had no clue what to think. Coronavirus was starting to come to the United States, you know, a little bit more frequent, you know, a little more rapidly. But at that point, you know, Monday morning uh, on our off day and Tuesday when we practiced, I mean, had zero um, inclination that we wouldn't continue to play. I mean, we really didn't. But the faster it spread, the more unavoidable the issue became. It wasn't until uh, Wednesday that, you know, you started to see that the Patriot League, the, the Ivy League, started, you know, canceling their season. On March 12th, the same date that the NCAA canceled March Madness, the baseball team traveled to Oxford, Ohio to play Miami University. And by that time, the team knew the situation was very serious. Leading up to the game, before we got on the bus to go to the field, we saw tons of different cancellations on Twitter. So we were kind of skeptical if our game was even going to happen. Um, and I think a little bit in the back of guys' minds, they were wondering, is this going to be the last game? Regardless, their team carried on. They got dressed, did batting practice, and warm-ups like they always did. They were fully prepared to start the game. Once we were dressed, got to the field, we are like, all right, we're here, let's play, and we approach that game just like anyone else. But just a few moments before the game was about to start, Coach Cooper received the unfortunate news. I actually got the official word um, that the season was, was, you know, basically canceled about, I don't know, five minutes before the first pitch. The Nittany Lions took the field regardless, unaware that the game that they were about to play would be their last. All Cooper had to do was make sure his team did not find out until the game was over. And, you know, I just decided to just wait, obviously, let our guys enjoy the game and play the game. Um, I am, you know, obviously, I'm, I'm glad that I found out then because it allowed me to to get some seniors in uh, so that, you know, they could play their last game. Afterwards, Cooper brought his team together in the outfield and told them their season had ended. Nato remembers the moment very well. It was, it was weird. I, um, I, I'm not ashamed to admit it. I, I cried. I was heartbroken because the game that I'd played my entire life had come to an unexpected end. For him, this was more than just a season ending. Nato worked his entire life to get to a place so many kids, my younger self included, dream of going to. I don't think normal people, uh, people, non-athletic people, I mean, understand how hard and how much of your uh, heart and soul has to go into it to be good enough to win just one athletic competition uh, at the Division One level. NATO sacrificed countless hours at home, summer vacations, and time with his family to play Penn State baseball. And in an instant, it was all over. None of us knew the future or having the possibility of being able to come back for another year at that point. So just everything that we'd worked for the entire year, the fall, winter, um, mm. just to have it come to an abrupt end 15 games in, I was heartbroken for our team because I knew we were destined to do great things this season. There was, however, an opportunity to salvage all this. Almost immediately after the NCAA canceled the rest of their sports this season, there were calls to give the seniors an extra year of college eligibility. It became a movement with a lot of push behind it, and on March 30th, the NCAA leaned in, granting an extra year to every senior student athlete playing a spring sport. Fellow Penn State senior Gavin Homer took advantage of the opportunity. 
announcing that day on his Instagram that he would be returning for another year. It seemed like the perfect solution to a problem out of all of our control, but in reality, it's not so simple. For everybody who's in spring sports, it's not going to completely work because we've got that problem, which is for non-revenue sports in particular, people may have jobs already lined up and that sort of thing, and they won't necessarily be able to take advantage of this. This was the case for NATO. He had to choose between playing another season and starting his career. And, you know, you had the option to stay another year. Uh, and Coach told me that you, that you have a job offer. Is that correct? And you decide to take it. Correct. I accepted a job with uh, Aldi. So I'll be in their district manager training program starting in August. It was an offer too good for him to turn down. I fought long and hard about it, but I figured that this was – a great offer and it was time for me to move on try something different and that's pretty much it it's an ending that's incomplete and abrupt nato is one of thousands of college athletes whose years of dedication came to an unexpected end and at the moment it's tough to find a silver lining but at one point or another we all have to move on Coach Cooper meets with his team regularly to prepare for next season. Uh, we are having a weekly team Zoom meeting to just check in with each, each player and, and go, over, go over some stuff. As for Nato, he said that the Penn State baseball team was a family, one that over the past year had become closer and closer. And family isn't something that goes away. Uh, it's been constant we've had zoom meetings and then with just the guys we've been texting in our group chat snapchat groups on a regular basis just staying connected making jokes and just passing the time unlike most of his teammates however there won't be a next season for nato to prepare for but in this time of quarantine he's had a unique opportunity to reflect on his time as a nittany lion being a good teammate having fun with it and giving everything you have to give. Um, knowing that I've done that since I stepped foot on Penn State's campus has helped me have that peace of mind that um, I don't know how many people have right now. On the next episode of Lines on Lockdown. I was very in denial about like the severity of the coronavirus right at the beginning. And the only reason I was like that was because of our trip to Vietnam. I'll be speaking to four other student journalists who, like me, had their trip to Vietnam canceled two days before departure. In a two-part series, they'll go in-depth about the stories coronavirus prevented them from telling and the opportunities created from this loss.